The following episode contains spoilers. Boys, howdy. You're listening to the JRB Nerdcast on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by The Rogue's Den. The Rogue's Den, games for all gamers. Check them out at 2122 Highway 7 North in Harrison, Arkansas, or on Facebook at The Rogue's Den. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Nerdcast. Holy crap. You probably shouldn't be so loud you have a sleeping child. I can't contain it. You need to. Because we your child is asleep. We have seen The Rise of Skywalker twice now. I'm very excited. I mean, I am too, but I'm trying to make sure your child doesn't wake up. <laughs> He'll be fine. He's a heavy sleeper. Guys, we've seen it twice. And we're going again tomorrow to see it a third time. But that's beside the point, because we've seen it twice at the time of recording. And so we're going to talk about it, but I want to disclose up front, we are going to talk about spoilers. Because it's hard to talk about this movie without talking about spoilers. So, if you didn't get it from the spoiler warning before the intro, this is your spoiler warning. You're welcome for that spoiler warning, by the way. That's two spoiler warnings. One before the intro. Spoiler warning now. One after the intro. And now we're going to actually start talking about The Rise of Skywalker. We don't have an agenda. Um... But I'm, I have an agenda. I need sleep. <laughs> I'm just going to ask Nick and then I'll answer too. Um, okay, so we've seen it twice, right? We both said coming out of the theater, better the second time or just as good the second time. I'd say better. I, I liked it a lot the first time, but it, I definitely do think it's better second time. So of the entire movie, I want you to tell me, first of all, from thursday night what was your initial reaction when you came out of the theater after the credits roll and you walk out and you're talking with your friends after seeing it what's your initial reaction well uh my the the very first thing that i said was uh this movie does not have a first or second act this movie is all third act i mean it is it is like balls to the wall action from the end of the crawl it it has all of Act One and Act Two right there in the opening crawl, and then you get Kylo Ren immediately murdering multiple people. <laughs> like that's that's where we start the film. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I've said this to you and to Matt. The pacing is a little fast for me, but JJ made it work. So it's not like I'm complaining about the pacing. I'm just saying. If you're if you haven't seen it yet, well, you should go see it before you listen to the rest of this. But if right. you haven't seen it, the pacing is fast, well, but it's not bad. It's not a bad talk, thing. And we talked about this, and the reason for that is because it, this is essentially a five and a half hour movie that's cut down to two and a half hours. Right. So there, I mean, there's three hours worth of content that we. Uh, that's an arbitrary number. That that's not like a. I'm not saying that we're going to get a director's cut. Eventually, that's five and a half hours long. That's a random number I just threw out there. But this movie could easily be a five and a half hour movie with three hours of footage cut for this to make it a two and a half hour film. And it's still like, uh, there's just there's so much in it mm-hmm. that it's really hard to keep your head around all of it. Yeah, I've I've seen it. If you guys follow us on Instagram, uh, me and Brittany posted an Insta story after we saw it the first time yesterday, and I literally didn't have words to say. Like, the entire Insta story was just, like, my hands shaking from seeing this movie, and then at the end of it, I was like, I... That's literally what happened. Babu, babu, I literally did not have the words to say after seeing it one time, and after seeing it a second time... I'm still not 100% sure what I just saw. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much that it it kind of some of it gets lost. And and I think that's an issue, but it's an issue that is a good issue to have, I yeah, think. It's a good there's so many good things that uh you kind of 
you miss a couple of the good things yeah, when you're I'd, focusing on the other good things. I'd say having tons of good things in your movie to a point where maybe a few good things get overlooked is a good problem to have. Right. <laughs> like well, it's, and that's it's better than it, having the problem of, well, there's one good thing in your movie and the other two hours of the movie suck. Well, that's why I think it's better the second time. It's going to be better the third time. It's going to be better the fourth time. Because this is a movie where every time you see it, you're going to catch new things that are happening. Because you're, well, like Jacob said tonight, you're whipping your head back and forth just to try and keep up with the action that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so inevitably you're missing things. And so as the movie continues to go on and on and on, you you're going to miss little things that you're not even, you don't even know to be looking for. Mm -hmm. And then on your second viewing, you already know where the main action is on the screen. And so you're kind of looking at other places and you're going to catch something in the background or Mm -hmm. something like that. And then on your third viewing, you're going to do the same thing and it's just going to keep adding up. And that's why I love this movie already. I loved it from the, from the get go. Like as soon as we started with it and the opening crawl started and, uh, the Dead Speak was the opening of the opening crawl, and I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. Like, you already got me, JJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... I agree with you. It was very much like the story that could have been told with this film, over half of it was in three paragraphs in the crawl. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, I think having it the way that JJ did it being so fast and there's literally i think you know maybe three scenes where it's not super fast paced yeah the the issue with that is that you you're just exhausted yeah after watching that like mentally you're exhausted because you're you're running a marathon mentally in this movie and like the last jedi and force awakens and the well actually every other star wars movie i'll be honest with you every single other star wars movie has scenes where your mind can kind of take a break and mm-hmm. you just kind of you just kind of let it wash over you for a minute. This does not have that. Right. Yeah, like when I was in high school, um I had the original trilogy on VHS. I still have them there on my bookshelf. I don't watch them anymore. I don't even have a VHS player anymore, but I had a VHS player in my bedroom and I would literally every day when i got home from school i would put in episode four and i wouldn't even watch it i would just have it on and like occasionally watch a couple of scenes and be doing like homework or working on other stuff and just have the movie on this is one of those movies that like if i come home and i turn this movie on i'm sitting down with a drink and some popcorn and i'm watching the entire movie right it's not something that you can well i mean you can obviously you can casually just sit back and watch this movie but you, I don't think you're going to enjoy it as much if you do mm-hmm. that. Um, or, well, I won't even say that. Because I think that, you know, casual Star Wars fans are going to love this movie. Right. Um, however, I, I do think you'll get more enjoyment out of it if you're paying a lot of attention. Because there are, there are a lot of things in it to pick up. Mm-hmm. So, initial reaction coming out of the theater was it was extremely fast-paced. Uh, extremely well-written, I thought. Yeah. Um, extremely well acted. I thought Adam Driver. Uh, a lot of people say that Harrison Ford carried the originals. Ewan McGregor carried the prequels and Adam Driver is carrying the sequels. I think that in this movie in, with that, in particular, but... I think Adam Driver was the best actor in the movie, I think. But I think everyone in the movie was phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I disagree with that sentiment because I, I do think that all three of those are really good actors and that they did really well in their roles. But the original trilogy saying it was carried by Harrison Ford is I think demeaning Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill Mm -hmm. and Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels. And as it takes all of them and it says, Oh, well you weren't actually worth it. Like Mm -hmm. we only went because of Han Solo. And it's like, well, some people, yeah, but then there's, an entire generation that was like, no, I, I went to see what Luke was going to do. Right. Or I, I went to see what Leia was going to do. Mm-hmm. Or I just wanted to see Chewie, you know, Orlando, or all of these different characters. And and with the prequels, it was the same way. Now, now the prequels did suffer from a lot of dialogue issues, and that was, that, that's, a, that's a thing. I'm not going to say that wasn't a thing. 
And Ewan McGregor was definitely the best of the uh, prequel characters. You know, you get, like, Samuel L. Jackson, I thought, did really well as Mace Windu. Christopher Lee did really well. Christopher Lee always always did well. there, There was... There, there wasn't someone who I thought didn't act well. It was, it was that Ewan McGregor acted more casually. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else, everyone just else seemed stiff and right. But, but you think about it, and it was like this is really like it, it wasn't their first films, but this is like their big break. You know, this is a Star Wars yeah movie for a lot of them. It was and their and first this is big George thing, Lucas. Yeah. You know, this is Star Wars, and the guy who thought that up is telling me what to do. So it's his idea. I should just do it the way he says it. And famously, he's not exactly the best director. And that's not to say he's bad at what he does. He's a he's a gosh darn genius. But uh, famously, he's not a great director. And when you have talent that's not going to necessarily push back on certain things, you end up with dialogue like the prequels. And that's not a knock on the prequels i love the prequels but then you look at the sequels and the sequels were a similar thing with force awakens force awakens has a lot of moments where every actor does feel a little bit loose and casual um but then you look at last jedi last jedi feels very stiff for some people i don't think it does to me it doesn't but to a lot of people it does it feels really stiff and that the actors just kind of did whatever they were told and they didn't necessarily agree with it or whatever. I don't think that was the case. I thought everybody acted really well. But then you look at this movie and it was just night and day difference. Mm-hmm. They, and then when people do say, like, Adam Driver it has carried the sequels completely, I'm like, That's first just off, he's the most I, famous I of never, all. like, not once... I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, right? Not once have I ever watched any bit of sequels content going into it thinking, I wonder what Kylo Ren is doing. Yeah. I wonder how well Adam Driver is going to do. Not once. I have constantly thought about what Finn is going to be doing next or what Poe is going to be doing next or why Maz Kanata was in a union dispute (laughs) you know i've constantly thought about those kinds of things i've never once had the thought cross my mind well i wonder what kylo's gonna do and all of the like bendemption stuff and the raylo stuff sure like that was a speculation on what the story was going to do not on what that character was going to do necessarily and so in my mind if if there is an actor or if there is one person who carried this, it's Kathleen Kennedy. It's Bob Iger. You know, it's J.J. Abrams. It's John Williams. You know, there's so many different people you could name that saying it's it's Adam Driver is belittling so many people. And I'm not saying you do that. No. I want to no, make that I, I make completely that agree with you. I just mentioned something and you just went on like a 15-minute tangent. I, so. I actually... <laughs> uh, Speaking of that, uh, I have another tangent, but I'll save that for another time. Yeah, because it's late and you got to go to work in the morning. So we want to try to do this in like 30 to 45 minutes and be done. How far in are we? Because I've got I've got a tangent. We are (laughs) we are currently sitting at 14 minutes. So I mean, I've got a tangent. If you want me to go on it. No, no, I don't. I certainly don't want you to do that right now for another time. It's a good one for another time. this This is the perfect moment for it for another time. Uh, so I want you to tell me, and I'll tell mine, I want you to tell me two things. Um, your favorite, like, intense moment, your favorite serious moment in this film, and your favorite uh, comic relief moment in this film. So, I'll go ahead and go to give you a second to think, because okay. I already have mine in mind. Uh, and, again, like we've said probably a hundred times now, this is a spoiler full review. So my serious moment is at the very end when 
Ben and Ray kiss, and then Ben smiles at her, and then falls backwards. Right. That to me, like Adam Driver did that so well. You don't see Adam Driver smile the entire series, right? Until that moment when he knows that somebody is there for him. Well, and I think what makes that even better is he doesn't smile until he knows that she's okay. That, that he's dead. Not even that she's okay. Like, and that's part of it for sure. But I think just if you just look at his character, it's like he never smiles until he is dying. Mm-hmm. And that is the that's the travesty that is uh, Kylo Ren or Ben Solo in this case. Mm-hmm. But so that's that that one probably tops the list for me is seeing the kiss and then Ben's reaction to it right before he dies. Um, but another good serious moment was when, uh, which this may be yours. So if it is, then cut me off and we'll talk about it more on your turn. But, uh, another one for me was when Ray is laying on the ground and she says, be with me. And all of the Jedi start talking. That's a really good one. That wasn't the one I was going to pick, but it, that would be like my penultimate, uh, moment of the entire saga. Yeah. And so freaking cool. Cause you get Obi-Wan, you get Kanan Jarrus, you get Anakin, Skywalker, you get Ahsoka Tano, you get Mace Windu, you get Yoda, you Qui-Gon. get Qui-Gon. I mean, you get so many Jedi talking to Rey. Like, so many Jedi that have been so impactful in all of the canon material, not just the films. Yeah, and it's not even like... Like, Aayla Sakura is one of the Jedi that it, it mentions in the credits, and... I mean... There's it's a, a deleted it's a scene. minor part, you know? There's a deleted yeah. <laughs> uh, we could have heard Leia's voice. Yeah, in I that. do too. But it narratively, it wouldn't have made sense because yeah. she hadn't passed on into the Force yet. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I'm not like I don't think that's a bad thing. I just I wish like selfishly, I wish that they had recorded something like that with Carrie. Um. Which I, I'm assuming that's why. I don't know that. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be because she was not passing on into the Force until Ben, ben. was there. Because yeah. that's narrative. That's when it happens, right? And so it could have been that she was, like, standing outside the pearly gates, to use that metaphor. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, Waiting going in with son. him, you know? Yeah. It could have been something like that. We don't know exactly how that process works. It's never explained to us. It's just said, oh, well, we figured it out. Yeah. I'll show you. Yeah into the movie yeah so it could have been something like that but i and i think that might be like narratively how we go with it but i i think logistically it was probably oh we didn't actually record anything like that with her Mm -hmm. before she passed away and so we just can't so we wrote it so that she was waiting for ben yeah and that's one thing Brittany mentioned to me after we uh, after we got out of the movie last night Brittany was like, you know, Billy Lord sounds a lot like young Carrie Fisher. And I was like, she does. But the problem with having Billy Lord do anything is that Carrie Fisher, like older Carrie Fisher, sequel Carrie Fisher sounds night and day different than right. original trilogy Carrie Fisher. And and sequel would have been, uh, no, it depends um how you look at it. Sequels, Carrie Fisher probably would have been, because uh, that's the force ghost that we see at the end. Yeah. So it probably would have been that voice. But I mean, we know that they had the word always. I mean, I in my opinion, what what should have happened is when Luke says, Ray, the force will be with you. And, and then, then it Leia should have been it should have cut to silence. And then Leia And then Leia say always. always. Because yeah. earlier in the movie, she even Raven calls her uh, her master because Leia's been teaching her yeah for the and, past year yeah or how you know I don't know exactly we don't know exactly I guess how long it's been but yeah John Boyega said that it's, it's been, been about a year, year yeah but I don't think there's any timeline there's probably in the visual there dictionary probably, yeah there probably is somewhere somewhere um, but that we just haven't seen yet but it, it's roughly a year and yeah so she's been training with Leia for roughly a year and so it's like that bond would have meant more I think than to Ray. Because Luke, even though he was Luke, right? And Luke is super impactful in her life as well. But Leia was literally there with her every day. Mm-hmm. 
and and as I think that would have been more impactful, and that's why it didn't make it as my top. I agree. Still so, a phenomenal moment, though. So that is one moment in this film that we both agree that JJ could have done something differently and it would have been narratively better. Something that I thought should have happened in The Force Awakens. This is kind of a tangent, but it'll be really short. Instead of having Snoke reveal that Kylo Ren is Ben Solo, I thought that that shouldn't have happened. And the first should time, have been and the first time that we realized that Kylo Ren is Ben Solo is when Leia finds Han on Takadana and he says, "Leia, I saw him. I saw our son." That should have been the like Snoke should not have been the one to reveal that to us. Snoke has no bearing on us at all. But hearing it from Han Solo would have been so much more yeah, impactful. See, I don't I even think. think, I don't even think that we should have found out then. Like it should have been hinted. Like he he should have said, I, "I've seen him." Yeah, like just... I saw him. He was here, and then the conversation continues. But you don't find out that he is your son. And then when he walks out onto the bridge and he says, "Ben, ben yeah, who do you think you'll see? The face, the of, face my... of my son." Yeah. I think that moment. Should have been the big reveal. Yeah. But it was kind of ruined earlier on. But it, it that doesn't make it a worse movie. I right. Think. And we're not talking about The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens was a great movie, but we're talking about Rise of Skywalker. Um, another serious moment in this film that really... I cried the first time well, I quit, saw it. quit saying serious moments because you said one, and now <laughs> I've got to pick one. Sorry. Um, say your comedy moment. Okay, I'll say my comedy moment, and if, if your serious moment is not the one I'm about to say, then we'll circle back to it because it needs to be mentioned. At some point. But my funny moment, uh, literally anything that Poe Dameron says, this entire movie. There's a lot, yeah. Like, I I told you this on the way home. Uh, for some reason, I love the like the cocky hotshot pilot that thinks he's better than everyone else. Because, like, original trilogy, Han Solo is my favorite character. Prequel trilogy, Anakin Skywalker is my favorite character. Sequels, Poe Dameron is my favorite character. What's one thing they all have in common? <clears throat> Whoa, voice crack. What's one thing they all have in common? They're all cocky hotshot pilots. And they're all really, really good at what they do. And I just, I don't know. I've been drawn to Poe Dameron this entire trilogy. And so seeing his growth in The Last Jedi was my favorite thing about The Last Jedi. And then seeing where he starts this movie, where he's like bickering with Rey and doing all this like shady stuff that Finn is kind of questioning then you find out that How'd he was, to do that yeah then you learn that he was a uh he was spice runner he was a spice runner and so he's got a shady past so he's very very similar to han solo in that way and then at the end of it he takes leia's spot as the general of the resistance so like any funny moment that you have between finn and poe this entire movie could be up there but my absolute favorite is the very beginning when they're playing hollow chess with chewie and he says, you're 250 years old. Of course you're better than us. And yeah. then he stands. He's like, I'm not going to turn it off. Don't worry. And then he stands up and turns the game off. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favorite comedic relief moment of the entire. Or when Ray's like, you know what you are? You're difficult. You're a difficult <laughs> man. <laughs> um, so I've got two that uh, I'll pick for, for my serious moment. Okay. That's cool. Because I was going to do three. So. Yeah. Because... Um, the they were the i didn't cry as much in this as i thought i would i cried a lot during the last jedi i cry i cry a lot during movies period but i cried a lot during the last jedi and uh still to this day even though i've probably seen it 50 times you know or more i i still tear up at moments of the last jedi especially like the last moment when luke and leia are together there and uh but in this one, I didn't tear up nearly as much, and I and I think that the reason that I didn't is because there's so much going on that you don't have time to kind of process the things that are on screen. Mm-hmm. You just see them, and then like ten minutes later, you're processing, but your mind doesn't have the time to do that. Yeah, because there's cause it's, so, there's it's something still else happening. Input coming in. Yeah, and so you're you're left to wait until after the movie, and then you're like everything, try to process. Like let's see, let's see, let's see. I, so I think the first moment is uh, before they leave their base and um, 3PO says to R2, you know, in case, in case something happens and I'm not, al- and I am not able to return, 
I would like you to know, R2D2, that you have been a phenomenal, you have been a, a great friend to me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even my best friend. And, that, and especially the second time seeing it, knowing that, uh, knowing what C3PO is going to do. Right. It makes it even more impactful. And yeah, at the end of the movie, whatever, near the end of the movie, he gets all that back. That's fine. But knowing that he he is going to sacrifice literally himself uh, so that they can find out where this stuff is, that's a that becomes a much bigger moment than it seems at first. Because at first it just seems like, oh yeah, it's a touching moment between 3PO and R2. And then once that moment happens and you see it the second time, you're like, oh no, this is, this is like, this, is, a big this deal. is like Han saying goodbye to Chewie. Yeah, like, this is a big deal. This is this is like this is the the moment, and and then so so there's that one, and then uh, the the one that made me cry, like actually just cry yesterday. The only moment in the entire film that made me cry was uh, when you think Chewie dies. Yeah. Now now I I kind of knew that he was gonna be all right, right? Because we hadn't seen him on the Star Destroyer, and in the trailers we had seen him on the Star Destroyer yeah, shooting up in, the place. And in the trailers, he's in the Falcon with Lando, right? And, and we so hadn't you kind of knew. Um, but at the same time, I was kind of like, well, maybe, maybe the, those were just cuts, and yeah. then they didn't put those scenes in. JJ's really good at Mister X, right? And he's like, he's really good at using like deleted scenes for the trailers Mm -hmm. because then it gives away nothing. Right. And so in my mind last night, I'm thinking, Oh wait, what if, what if Chewie actually is dead? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I just, I was just crying my eyes out. And then when Hux, uh, when general hugs, uh, (laughs) says, um, that there, there was another transport with a, uh, a, a valuable prisoner on it. I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, last night and tonight, there were when the door opens and you see Chewie, massive yeah. collective sigh of relief from the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. and rightfully so. I mean, Chewie's been with us since '77. Yeah, Chewie's, Chewie's a big, big. deal. Uh, one of my head covers on my golf clubs is Chewbacca's head. Like, I Chewbacca is. Chewbacca is my favorite character's best friend, so of course I freaking love him. <laughs> like, come on. And then, so, so my comedy moment that I love the most, um, I, you know, that's that's hard to pick. It is because we were this... talking about this on the way home, and there are there's so many funny so many moments. comedy moments in this, um, and it it it's not forced comedy either. Like, like it's not forced and it's not inappropriate comedy. It's just like. And when I say inappropriate, I don't mean like like inappropriate, like X-rated. I mean like doesn't fit the situation. Inappropriate, but the comedy in this movie, it all like it's not forced and it all fits. It just it feels like banter. All yeah, of it, it feels like just feels like the kinds of things those characters would actually be saying right. to each other. Like when I hear them say things, like when they're in that sand tunnel. Right. When I hear Poe and Finn saying things to each other, I'm like, that literally sounds like me and my brothers if we were in that situation. Right. Like, we would make light of it by making jokes. I think, so, I think that that is probably my favorite comedy moment, is when uh, when Ray ignites the saber as a flashlight <laughs> kind of thing, and then Poe, like, comes up in the exact same pose right next to her, and his flashlight looks like a <laughs> lightsaber hilt, and he turns on his flashlight, and there's just no sound. Yeah. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> good one bud hey, got him <laughs> and and like and then he looks at the lightsaber and he looks down at his light and his flashlight and he turns, turns it, around. it around and uses it as a normal flashlight and it's like that was i think that's probably my favorite yeah. funny moment in it there's also i mean the uh, an honorable mention would be when you find out hux is the spy and <laughs> i knew it. and they're no, and both of them or well all three because chewy i'm assuming chewy is saying the same things yeah um but all three of them are like, what? You? It's you? And then Poe's like, I knew it was you. And Finn <laughs> turns and he's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, that's a good moment. 
So, right, so you said your favorite character was Poe, and so that's why most of yours were Poe. My, my my two favorite comedy moments were Poe, but I think it's just because that's just the good, that's the character. He has a lot of good comedy in this, and yeah. and three PO has a lot of good comedy in this, and I really love a lot of three PO's comedy. Three PO had a lot more lines in this movie than I thought he was going to, and. Almost all of them made me laugh. Yeah, and he was fantastic in the whole thing. Oh, Anthony, yeah. Anthony Daniels, Anthony did, Daniels did phenomenal. Amazing. Um, but my my favorite character in this is by far Finn. I I love Finn. I don't I don't know why necessarily, and I well I think now because I've, I've liked Finn since Force Awakens, but I've always kind of favored ray because i feel like i would prefer to be you know like the jedi right as opposed to just the resistance soldier whatever mm-hmm. and then with the last jedi it kind of felt like those were the two distinct paths like ray was definitely the jedi like we already knew that but like she was 100 percent committing to that and finn was 100 percent committing to just being the resistance soldier and and leader but soldier he was gonna be a a grunt you know and it kind of felt like that was where we were going and then when this movie comes out and it just subverts all of those expectations and it's like yes ray is going to be the jedi she is 100 percent committed to that path by the end of the movie and that's great (coughs) sorry however there are multiple times. I, I mean, I can think of three off the top of my head, and I know that there are more, but there are three moments off the top of my head that make uh, that make you believe that Finn is force sensitive, and so in my mind, that's kind of setting him up as the Leia of this trilogy, mm-hmm. which is awesome because Kathleen Kennedy did say we'll probably get more with these characters or at least we have the option of more with these characters and we have more freedom in our ability to bring that to fans in that we're not going to limit ourselves to only doing trilogies and so the skywalker saga nine films that's the end of that we no longer have to do trilogies we can if we want but that's not the format anymore unless it's a chosen format for a project Mm -hmm. like if ryan johnson is going to do a trilogy that's great i hope he does i thought he did great i would love to see three movies directed written and directed by ryan johnson however if it's just one movie i'm still gonna go watch it i'm still gonna love it it's the same with everybody else you know and if that means we get a movie where finn is kind of the leia character and dabbles in the force a little bit then i think that would be like my absolute favorite movie of all time and the reason being is that like with finn not like confirmed right but there's so many things that hint to him being force sensitive throughout the whole trilogy especially uh this one but uh, throughout the entirety of it that he is the character that I think I would probably want to be where he's exactly what Rose says he is at the beginning of The Last Jedi when when she says it he isn't that mm-hmm. but by the end of Rise of Skywalker he's become he that. is all of those things the person that, that doesn't give up when it gets hard you know that pushes on to finish the fight so that everyone else can live and mm-hmm. he even like he delivers that message to rose at the end of this one when he says no you guys need to leave because if you don't then we all die and it's better if i die and take this down which is what he tried to do in the last jedi but it wouldn't have worked anyway because he'd have just died and the cannon would have still gone off and it would have and then rose would have been dead so right. i mean it, everything would have gone to crap had that gone through but then he gets to actually do it here in in Rise of Skywalker and it, and it's done well and he makes it out and he is the hero and if he is force sensitive maybe that means that he can be a Jedi <laughs> maybe that we'll means see. that he will never use the force you know maybe he just 
is like the original trilogy Leia, right? That never really uses the Force, but has it. Maybe that's the kind of character that he's going to be. I'm just excited to see where it goes and whether or not when they say, you know, we have the option of working with these new characters still, uh, if they plan on doing that. Because I don't think that they would just cut it out. But with the ending, with Rey taking on the name of Skywalker, it does kind of make it a little bit iffy. Right. Because if if she does start going by Rey Skywalker, then she can't really be in future films. Because then those would be continuations of the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it kind of becomes sketchy at that point. But obviously that's up to them. And if they decide, no, she's going to go by Skywalker and we're going to continue making films with her. Great. (laughs) I don't get to make that choice. They do. Mm -hmm. And I'll watch them whether they make that choice or not. So, yeah. So... The serious moment that I was going to bring up and then put off till you did. Oh yeah, yours was the Han moment, dude. It oh god, both times I I, cried. Okay, I did lie because I did tear up on at that part. I forgot that I I did tear up at that part too. Both times I cried watching Han and Ben interact on the Death Star. Well, it's the very last line. Not just. No, the whole thing for me, but it's well, I mean, just because I love great, but, just because I yeah. love Han Solo so much. But the whole thing for me was just like from the second that you hear him say, "Hey, kid," "Hey, kid," and you're like, "Oh crap, what is happening?" And then he turns around and Han is there. And see, there have been rumors that Han was going to come back as a Force ghost, but then people were like, "Well, he didn't use the Force, so how's that going to happen?" But the way JJ did it was Where awesome. It, he's, not he's not a Force there. ghost; he's just a memory. Yeah. that's like talking to Ben. Yeah, he's not actually there. Essentially, wh- what this is, is Kylo's going crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's, like, what's been happening through the entirety of it. And that's why, at the beginning of the movie, Palpatine says, I've been all of the voices that you've heard inside of your head. Yeah. Because the dude is straight up going crazy. Yeah, he's wacko. And and this is the this is the voice that he's choosing to hear. Yeah. The other I voices just love... are, are there out of force i love the parallel between episode seven on the catwalk right because they because that's they intentional do, they do that's the exact same thing i right. mean he walks up to him he touches his face he pulls out his lightsaber and then they say the exact same yeah. lines like it is the exact same thing except instead of saying will you help me han just says yes you do and he's like i know what i have to do but i don't know if i have the strength and han touches his face and says yes you do yeah and it's like that for me was like holy crap yeah so (laughs) and and what makes it even better is you've got that whole that whole thing where kylo is is essentially imagining all of this and uh and this is his redemption right is in that moment after he's been healed and ray leaves he's like no, what am I doing? Like, he just felt his mom die. Mm-hmm. He knows that she's gone. He knows that his dad is gone. He knows that Luke's gone. And now, possibly Ray is gone. And so he's lost literally everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what when when Ben says, "I can't go back." Because she's gone, and Han's like, "Yeah, your mom, your mom, your gone. mom's gone." But what she fought, but what for she fought isn't. for isn't. Instead of saying what she fought for isn't, I thought he was going to say, "Yeah, your mom's gone, but Ray's not." I, I think thought that that's what he was going to say, but I like it either way. Yeah, I think I think that diminishes it. I don't. I don't it, think it diminishes here, here's it at why. all. Here's but why. I'm I'm okay with the way that they did it. I just. Yeah, I could see it either way, and I would have liked it either way. Well, I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but here's what, I, here's why I think that. Because if the only reason that he decides to keep fighting is to go save Ray, then that's not a true redemption, because that can still be out of selfish reasons, right? Because he's fought to protect Ray before in the throne room exact same thing happened he fought to protect ray and it was out of selfish reasons if he says essentially this is not what he says is exactly but it, what he's saying is yeah your mom is dead but the resistance is not 
you can still save the resistance. And in saving Ray, he is saving the resistance. Mm-hmm. But it's not in that selfish... Uh, there's no selfish motive there. And I don't think there is selfish motive there. But if you say... Like, that wording is very intentional. That if, if, right. you, if you leave it ambiguous, people will assume that the worst is the, the truth. Because that's just how humans are. And we're all dirty trash cans full of poop. <laughs> right? And that's the fan base in general. And so I think that wording is necessary. I don't think it would have for his character. Now, to just watching the movie, it wouldn't have made a difference. Right. But like let's say analyzing it 5 years later, right? There's going to be 6,000 videos on YouTube about why he's so selfish because all he wanted to do was save Ray so they could rule the galaxy together, but he didn't get to, because, you know. There's, uh, there would be so many of that. There'd be so much of that that it wouldn't have been as impactful, I don't think, from a narrative know. standpoint. I think, it, like I said, uh, for me, either way, it's impactful just because of who's saying it. It's definitely because impactful both ways. Han, like, I, I don't know. I, and, like, I have such a good relationship with our dad. And, like, I have my own son now that it's, like, seeing that father-son bond after what had happened. Like, after what Ben had done to Han, seeing Han come back. And not physically or anything like that, but, like, Han's spirit talking to his son and forgiving him and saying, you can still make this right. Like, that, it just makes me cry just thinking about it. Like, like it's just so powerful and that that to me is more powerful than when Leia reaches out through the force to stop him from killing Ray. Like that's obviously a pivotal moment, like it has to happen. But for me, the moment that like the turning point for me in this movie where I was like trust oh, like I trust Ben again was after the conversation with Han. Well yeah, I mean that I mean, you're not meant to trust him until that mo- mo- moment anyway. But but that definitely it, the moment when I think it officially turns is when, like, because he has the exact same conversation until the moment when he looks at him and he says, Dad. Yeah. And he just, he looks like he is going to just lose, like, he, he looks like he's just going to start weeping. Yeah. And he just says, Dad, and I don't think I can do this, you know? And that that's the moment when you realize this is this is actually what's happening right now because that's the same exact kind of sentiment that would have that happened with vader right is no let me look upon my son like let me look upon you with my own eyes and Mm -hmm. and uh it's that feeling of personability and connection that uh really solidifies the fact that that you've been redeemed essentially right it overall from start to finish this film uh james rizile tweeted it and i think he said it best uh his tweet has been the best review that i've seen of this film in the past week of everyone who's seen it and he tweeted simply this was the most fun i've had in theaters in 20 years and i retweeted it and I favorited it, and I quote tweeted it, and said, "This is the only review I care about." <laughs> yeah, I think I think the best thing that uh, that we can say about it is this is uh, this is quintessential Star Wars when it comes down to it. Like, yeah, there are things that you may not like about it, but that doesn't mean it's less Star Wars. This is by far the most Star Wars thing that we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah in years that's like i mean if you guys follow the jrb studios twitter i've i tweeted like six tweets this morning that you know i was like i acknowledge the flaws in this movie there were the pacing was off i thought um not that it didn't work it's just the pacing was off a bit um there are some it retcons know, a couple things that i don't necessarily yeah, like but there are some dialogue moments that i'm like well, that was a bit clunky. Could have been better. Right. It, but overall, like, you know, flaws included the trio in this movie, Raven and Poe, 
phenomenal. All the on-screen time that they had together was perfect. So good. The banter was witty. The relationships were awesome. I mean, those three actors really sold it, and it was amazing. And the reveal of Ray's heritage, I thought, was incredible. The way that Kylo did it, where he did it, and when he did it, I thought was awesome. Um, There were things unexplained that I wanted to be explained, like one who is Ray's father that is Palpatine's son. Like, we know that she's a Palpatine and she's the granddaughter, but we still don't know the middleman. Like, we don't know her dad. Right. Well, and I think that that's something that's very Star Wars, though. Yeah. Is there's tons of mystery. Yeah. And there's room for our own interpretation. Yeah. Right. And I think they... Well, I don't think that they were thinking of this when they were writing the story and didn't put that in there, uh, which J.J. might have written it in there and then just decided not to put it. But not putting it in there leaves it open to someone like Claudia Gray or Timothy Zahn to come in and write a novel and tell us about Ray's dad. Well, that's what I think. I, I do think that that was a conscious decision to ju- because there. I mean, there's literally a line where Poe says somehow Palpatine is still alive, or somehow Palpatine's back. Yeah, there. I mean, that's literally a line that they wrote into it. So I think that they for sure chose. To Not just to say, explain it, yeah. Who knows? Maybe you'll find out one day. Maybe you'll just question it forever. Right. And that's like that's Star Wars. Maybe that's you'll just very come to the Star conclusion. Wars thing to do. You'll just come to the conclusion that Emperor Palpatine is the baddest bad to ever bad. Well, and you think about it, like it that's was, all the explanation you need. <laughs> it was like thirty years before we found out who Anakin was before the suit. Yeah. Right, and so, or who Palpatine was. Period. You know, yeah. it was what, five years or uh, it was like it was two years at least or three years. Sorry. Between New Hope and uh, Empire yeah. that we like heard about the Emperor. Right. There was this big baddie that Darth Vader, Darth freaking Vader was scared of. Yeah. But uh, somehow we just didn't know. And then when we did find out, we were like, yeah, this makes sense. He's just super evil. Yeah. And we never questioned it. And then three years later, we got a little bit more of him. Mm-hmm. And then nothing for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think 20 years. So. Like, I think it would be cool to revisit in a novel or I don't think they would do it in a comic book. They might do it in a comic I book. I don't might, know. Yeah. But I think if they were going to explain it in any way other than film, it would be a TV series or a novel, I think. See, I don't... Uh, I And, okay. Here, Here is one... Um, maybe... Possibility. That I'll throw out as a... As, a uh, as an idea. Disney, Lucasfilm. You're welcome to this. Yeah, because they um, listen. <laughs> we know you're listening, Uncle Bob. Here, Here's the deal. Maybe it's a Disney Plus show about this Jedi hunter. The Jedi hunter that killed her parents? Yeah. Because you don't get the reputation of Jedi hunter without killing multiple Jedi, mm-hmm. right? No one can kill a Jedi. So if he's if her dad was a Jedi, that's true. See, I that hadn't might be why Palpatine sent him. Yeah. See, that's I hadn't thought of that either was like Palpatine has a son because a lot of people have been like, well, how is Ray the granddaughter? Is she a clone? And I'm like, no, Ben literally says my mother was the daughter of Vader. Your, Your father, father was, was the son of Palpatine. Right. So like, but I so mean, like, and, Palt had a, had a baby. Right. And, and we <laughs> talked about this a little bit earlier and it could have been like a Boba Fett, Jango Fett situation. Right. Where, like it could have been where a clone Palpatine's thing. son, quote unquote, is a clone. But either way, yeah, it's still... You know, it's it's, it's lineage still, the same way yeah, it's, regardless. It's still Palpatine's blood, you know. Right. And that's the thing, like I wanna know and I don't have to know. Like that's the thing. I don't have to know. I just want to know because I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. Right. I want to know who's Ray's dad and if he's actually like a true born son of Palpatine, or is he a clone, or is he like a kid that Palpatine tried to hide? And ended up being force sensitive and being trained like maybe, you know, because if Palpatine knew about him, he obviously would never let him be a Jedi. Right. Maybe Palpatine didn't know about him. I don't know. See, I think I, I think that's the only 
possibility that uh, we do kind of have the we have legends material that, right. that says that Palpatine was cloning himself in mm-hmm. case of emergency kind of a thing. And we kind of get a hint of that in Rise of Skywalker with all of the Snoke this, clones. Yeah, with the, I want to know how he created Snoke. Like, that's yeah. one thing I want to know. Yeah. But, but again, see, it's, so I, I don't so have to know that. That's why I think, like, those are probably him, just genetically altered, right? Right. That, uh, that I think that's what that is. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think a lot of things. Anyway, um... I think that's probably what that is, and I and I think that's probably what happened with Ray's dad is that wherever his like clone his genetic sample was, somebody found that, not knowing who it was, maybe mm-hmm. saw in a similar way to what uh, they're doing currently in the Mandalorian with the child that this thing was force sensitive, that this genetic material contains a buttload of midichlorians and then they were like we could make a force sensitive child with this and they did Mm -hmm. and then that becomes palpatine's son now maybe then he finds out about it at some point and that's when he reveals to him that it actually is palp you know it is you are a palpatine like and then that's when he goes on the run essentially, but right. he's force sensitive. Maybe he's even like training with Luke at some point because mm-hmm. we don't know exactly how long Luke was training Jedi. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of ideas that could happen, but we'll never know until Disney tells us. Right. right. So, um, last thing we'll do because we've already gone longer than I wanted to, but last thing we'll do is, um, with without any explanation, just give me a number one to ten. What after two viewings, one to ten, where does it sit? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I said eight and a half after one view. I think I'm going to stick with eight and a half after two views. Um, tomorrow might change things, but I think eight and a half is solid. Yeah. Um. I I I think eight and a half with room for improvement. Yeah. So next question, and this is the last thing we'll do, is where does it rank one through eleven on your mm, all-time Star well, Wars films? One through eleven, yeah, including Solo and Rogue One. Um, you know, you want me to go ahead? No, uh, I'd say probably like five, four or five. Okay. I think it's very good, but I don't think it's as good as Empire. I, I don't think it's as good as The Last Jedi. Um, at least not yet. Maybe after seeing it a few more times, I will think it is better than The Last Jedi. Um, and I also don't think it's uh, better than Rogue One. Okay. I, if, if I was pressed, I would probably say it's as good as Rogue One. Uh, maybe with another viewing or two or whatever maybe that will continue going up but uh as of right now i'd say probably four maybe five okay i would say let's see you guys already know i'm a huge solo fan so solo is number two empire's number one empire is always going to be number one for me um probably because that vhs tape that i have won't literally won't work anymore because i watched empire so much um but empire then solo then probably rogue one and then rise of skywalker so i'd say probably either four or five i would either put it right after rogue one or right after revenge of the sith yeah i think it goes right before revenge for me I think that's a generational thing for the two of us, especially because like there are a lot of people like, um, you know, a decade older than us or two decades older than us that grew up on the originals that would put the prequels as like, you know, the last three on their list. They would put them as nine, 9 10, 10, 11. And then there's our generation that's like, well, you know, Attack of the Clones deserves to be number 11. Well, but <laughs> I wouldn't even say that, but, but you know. The Phantom Menace, I love. I love it because it's I so like fun. The and then Revenge of the Sith is just like the choreography, 
the action, the dog fights, everything in Revenge of the Sith, I love. And so it's always going to be high on my list. But so I are you think... gonna? So are we gonna just rank one through nine now? Then since we're just talking about all of them, just all right. rank one through so, nine yeah. real quick, and then we'll call it good. Yeah. So yeah, we're at fifty-five minutes. So just rank one through nine. Just the Skywalker. Just saga. the Skywalker saga. No Solo. No Rogue One. Okay. Um. One. I need to find a piece of paper to write mine down. One. The Last Jedi. Two. Empire. Three. Uh. Probably Return. Uh. Four. Rogue One. Five. Rise of Skywalker. Six. New Hope. Seven. Force Awakens. Eight. Revenge. And nine. Which one was the other one that I didn't say? Attack. Yeah. I don't think I've put Phantom Menace in there. I think I said Force Awakens twice. Probably. I don't but remember. But Force Awakens would have been... Well, whatever... Wherever I did say it. I said it again at seven. So seven would have been uh, Revenge. And then Attack of the Clones. And then the Phantom Menace. Alright. So I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. Now we're here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Um, Coming in at last place in the Skywalker Saga. Number nine for me is Attack of the Clones. Um, I think it's great. I love Attack of the Clones. I actually, just the other day, I turned on Disney Plus, and I I actually had a desire to turn on Episode 2 and watch Attack of the Clones. Um, Keep in mind, guys, this is all relative. Well, what do you know? (laughs) Keep in mind, this is all relative to just Star Wars. Like It's one of them Kaminoan darts. I would rather watch Attack of the Clones than probably like 80% of the other films in the world. Okay, but but next is? Next is probably A New Hope. Wow um all right well i can leave then i guess i'm not i'm not crazy about a new hope i i like it but it just i don't know something about it for me it's just like it seems really slow and then all the action happens all all at once and so i just i get bored watching it does that make sense so you're saying it's a star wars movie (laughs) yeah i (laughs) i get bored watching it um oh man this is tougher than i thought Hmm. So we've got Attack of the Clones. We've got A New Hope. I would say number seven is probably um probably Last Jedi. And again, not because I dislike the movie. I just it's not the first one that okay, I don't have to, to watch. explain everyone so, though uh, <laughs> cuz the explanation's the same every time then 6 let me go ahead and just write these in so that I'm not thinking of them on the fly do something to fill time <laughs> there's nothing to do to fill time <laughs> you should have been thinking about this while I was doing mine well I was finding a piece of paper <laughs> um Uh, Tune in next week when Justin <laughs> finally decides on it's words so, to say. It's so difficult. I mean, it's not really. You kind of just pick uh, movies. <laughs> which one am I missing? I don't know. I can't see your list. All right. So I'll just start at the top and read them Empire, Revenge, Phantom, Force Awakens, Return. Last Jedi, A New Hope, Attack of the Clones are the eight that I have listed. What am I missing? I've got... The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm missing the brand new one that I just watched. Oh, what a nightmare this has become. All right, so... This podcast is literally about The Rise of Skywalker, and he's like, what's that new movie called? It's I think it's a Star Trek or something. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's like Battlestar Galactica War or something like that. <laughs> Give me a break. It just came out two days ago. <laughs> All right. So Empire, Revenge, Phantom, Rise, Awakens, Return, Jedi, Last Jedi, uh, New Hope, and Attack of the Clones. 
That's how mine goes right now. Yikes. After that's tomorrow, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker will probably be above the Phantom Minute. All I I'm going to say is, it, man. All I'm going to say is Ben Solo said it best when he said, Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm uh, leaving, so we, sign off. We really went off the rails here. and uh, I'm on like an hour and a half of sleep total for the past like two days, so yep. let's go. Sign off. All right, guys. Uh, that's pretty much it. So, oh, geez, dropped my pen. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at JRB Studios. Um, Patreon.com forward slash JRB Studios. And that's it. So, mm-hmm. bye. Bye.